Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am well. It is very sunny. Yes. I've lined all my plants are really enjoying <laughs> the sunshine and looking very glorious. And I'm just thinking, do I need another plant? I think maybe you do. I just, you know how small my flat is, but <laughs> I'm just going to keep getting more plants. Now I'm on a roll. Yeah, and I love that they all have names. Yeah, it's very it's a very good process. We just commune with each other until they tell me their names. Oh, that's very good. Mm, some of them take longer than others mm. to tell me, but it happens. Yeah, that's very good. I do have yeah. one plant now. Oh, you do? When yeah. did you get this? Oh, there is this coffee shop that sometimes has plants as well you can just take away. Um, really? Yes. Oh, that's nice. But it's very, it's a very basic plant. I don't actually know what it's called. <laughs> don't insult your plant. Um, I, maybe I should say it's a... thoughts and processes. It, basic was the wrong word. It's quite okay. a sort of modernist, simple, you know, streamlined. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a kind of description. Yeah. Yes, we like that. Yeah, it's, it's basically like, just like wider, wider bits of grass. It looks well, like so it's sort of fern, perhaps. No, I don't think it's a no? fern. Yeah, I think it's meant to become like a little bush, but it's just, yeah, just very straight leaves. I'm um, well, not explaining nice. it very well, but yeah, no, and it seems to like it here. It's been growing Good. a bit, yeah, but it hasn't told me its name yet, so I don't. Okay, to... it will. Mm. You listen to it. it okay. Will. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I must also tell you, I mean, you know how much I love de-bobbling sweaters, don't mm. you? I've really got back into it in a big way. What are you using? Well, I got this, I can't remember where I got it from, but I've got one that has like different, different caps that you put on according to the gauge no. of your knitwear. Yes. No. Yes. That's incredible. So, I know. I know. So it's so much fun and i even thought of a joke about my depopling which is that my sweaters and i are consciously depopling that's a very good yeah. joke that's yeah, a we're very consciously depopling yeah and i've even started like on my sweatshirts i'm just oh, depopling really? everything does mm -hmm. it do them because i have some sweatshirt stuff yeah both. it does ah that sounds yeah. very interesting. I I it's have a very old debobbler from Lakeland, which is not as sophisticated by the sounds of it as yours. Yeah, I'll have to look up for you what the brand is, because mm. it is a good one. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just so therapeutic. Yeah, and it's and satisfying. I like, mm, and it's got this really great before and after thing. Yes. Yes, you you really feel you've achieved something. Exactly. I, I did all my cashmere socks and that was just so <laughs> satisfying. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever done socks. That's a good idea, actually. It's just, you know, Coda and Adrian are in severe danger of being de-bobbled. Oh, but yeah, I can I mean, not that they are bobbled, but I might just <laughs> see what happens. What happens, yeah, just try <laughs> yeah, it out. Because it's just... It's just so satisfying. Mm. It really is. That's true. It really is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been a really 
pleasant thing to do in between work, really. Mm. Oh, and I cut my hair. Yeah, I'm quite impressed. I'm just thankful it turned out okay because I was just so sick of, like, if you have short hair, you know the way the back of your hair, Mm. it just suddenly reaches a crisis point where it's just a mess. So... Yeah, Adrian didn't want to do it for obvious reasons because it was a stupid thing to do. (laughs) But, so I look, I stood with my back to the mirror, then I had a hand mirror, actually one that is from my family that's like Edwardian, (laughs) Ebony, hand mirror, and then in one hand, and I had to kind of keep angling that so I could try and see the back of my hair in the other mirror. And then I had the clippers in my other hand, and I was tr- and I was like using them upside down, you know, like not the shaving way up, oh, but using okay. them so you mm. go and cut to get it in a line. And I was like layering my hair up, you know, so I just did a layer at a time. But I didn't have any clips, so I had these like mad little ponytails at the back of my head. <laughs> but it's actually turned out okay, which I think is just a fluke. Like I don't think I should try this on a regular basis. I would find it really hard because. Because you have to move in the opposite way than you think. Yes, that was really Mm. hard. That was really hard. And I think it was only because I was so fed up with the whole thing. I was just like, I'm doing it and I don't care. And as I say, I think it is a fluke that I've done it this well. I don't think I could do it again. Well, I'm I'm very impressed. Well, thank you. (laughs) I, you know, I don't know that I should be praised and encouraged to do it more. I think you should. I'll just, I'll just set up as a rather wonky hairdresser. Yeah. And what else has been happening? Well, it's been very exciting this week because, you know, my, my gorgeous students couldn't go to New York, which mm. is usually their study trip. So we had a gala week of excitement instead, which obviously you took part in because <laughs> no gala week would be complete without you. And Adrian and Coda hosted a seminar for them on Hitchcock's film Rope. That's amazing. It was very gala. <laughs> I talked about Madeleine Vionnet, the goddess. Mm. And so brilliant, the just gorgeously brilliant and wonderful people at Kent State University Museum were so generous and gracious. I said to them, please, you know, would you talk to my students? And they were just amazing. So... Sarah Rogers, who's the director of the museum, and Sarah Hume, who is the curator, they were so amazing. They talked to us about the founding of the museum and the collection, and then Sarah Hume talked about kind of highlights of the collection, and then they talked about, um, she talked about the current exhibition that she's curated, which is about European regional dress. And the other Sarah, Sarah Rogers, on her iPhone went round the exhibition. Wow. And it was so brilliant. It worked so well because she went, it was like being there yourself because she kind of showed you the kind of view of the room, then went up to each outfit or garment and showed you details. So it was like you were in there and then looking at each thing. It was so good. And what I... I don't know really, I had a bit of a look at the website, but I don't really, so what, know much about the museum, so how come they have a dress? They have an amazing dress collection, they set up in 1982, 
and it's it's like really brilliant because they set up the collection and a school of fashion design and merchandising at the same time so the two were kind of conceived together mm. and like i knew about it because i i knew jean drusador does work and she was the director before Sarah Rogers and she worked she did some work on on like American sportswear and I met her I can't remember where I met her but I met her maybe at a conference and she's so lovely so I knew it from her Mm. and then I just got sort of in touch you know from following them on Instagram and yeah so they set up in 82 and it's really fascinating because the sort of initial big donation which was several thousand pieces was from Shannon Rogers and Jerry Silverman so it's like the Jerry Silverman was a it's like a sort of 7th Avenue high-end ready-made so it's really interesting so there's like the garment district American ready-to-wear connection Mm. and then I think which one of them I think Shannon Rogers worked in Hollywood for a while like for Cecil B. DeMille and all kinds of people and so Catherine Hepburn because of that connection she donated her archive wow. there. so they've got amazing Hepburn stuff and it was really funny because they were saying a lot of you know they've got a lot of pairs of khaki pants <laughs> because of that but they've also mm. got a lot of her film costumes because she recognized even you know while she was in Hollywood she recognized that this was history and this was important so she kept a lot of things mm. and then they've got I think Oberlin College gave them their dress collection in the 90s and then they're based in Ohio and a lot of people who were immigrants to America in that region have donated you know their grandparents their great-grandparents oh that's because i was wondering why they have so much regional dress yes so they have an amazing regional dress collection as well which is what the exhibition they they showed us is about so they have this really they have about twenty nine thousand pieces in the collection it's a really wow Mm. amazing collection and you know, they have a permanent gallery that's a timeline that they said they'd show us another time. And we were like, oh, my goodness, you are the kindest mm. people on earth that you've just shown us one set of things and now you're going to show us another. So can't wait to see that. And there's actually on their website, there's a nice timeline where they, I really like it. They connect like key historical events events, and then they have like key inventions to do with dress and textiles and like pieces from their collection. Mm. together in a timeline it's really nice and yeah so they have that and then they have a series of really really good exhibitions like really interesting I love how kind of they're seeking to engage with their local community but they're thinking about you know current political social cultural issues and how they can reflect that in their collecting and in their exhibition it's such a you know such a great institution and and just, it's a really small team. I think Sarah said there were six people hmm. who make up the museum. Yeah. But they're clearly, you know, completely engaged. And their blog is really nice because they all write for it. So you just get a sense of such a lovely community of people, tiny community of people, but really connecting outwards, you know, through dress. Hmm. 
And then, sorry, I'm doing your whole monologue on this. No, but I I don't know anything about it, so that's really good. And then the exhibition that Sarah Hume has curated, the latest one, is so good. I, I really wish, I said to them, you're probably lucky we're in lockdown and can't just get on a plane overnight and, hmm. you know, be knocking on your door first thing in the morning to see it. Because it's so interesting. It's called Stitched. I think it's, I can't think what the subtitle is. It's Stitched. Um, it's regional European dress. And it's really fascinating because she's a real expert, the curator, on this and is writing a book on Alsatian dress, wow. which sounds super, mm. I know, amazing, amazing. I mean, what an amazing area to focus on, that mm. kind of German-French connection, amazing. So the exhibition, rather than doing it, rather than organising the galleries by region, which is the more kind of trad, obvious way to do it. She wants to move away from thinking of it of separate regions and instead thinking across Europe of the ways that particular techniques, patterns, designs are common across different parts of oh, Europe. Yeah. Mm. So she's really, it's like so beautiful and so subtle how she's done it. And so there's like section, there's a section on brocade, on yarn embroidery, metalwork, stripes, braid, lace and knit, where, you know, really, really interesting. And it does just, like, it just is so engaging. It, the patterns are so vibrant like it's mm. a really happy exhibition like, that, that sounds quite a silly thing to say but it's like seems so kind of joyful and expressive because it's just these communities of people just layering you know all these different techniques on on their clothes it's, it's amazing I mean most of it is kind of you know for festivals and holidays but there's some examples of everyday dress as well within it and just fascinating like I was really interested you know, hearing her talk about the individual things and and seeing them up close and, yeah, just these techniques are so interesting. Like, seeing the, the different countries and the different regions of different countries, their embroidery, for example, and the, the different, like, connections between but also differences in embroidery. And it also really emphasises, I think, how how much the European map has changed in the last, you know, Mm. 150, 200 years that, you know, some of the captions have, you know, it's from this place which was there but is now here. Do you know Mm. what I mean? In Mm. terms of that. And really, like, I was fascinated as well by kinds of decoration that I hadn't even been aware of. So there was this amazing outfit from Bern in Switzerland mm-hmm. and it's like you have to imagine like the front that there's the blouse but then it's almost like a black corset under the bust you know what I mean okay. and it's got mm-hmm. silver metalwork on it and then it kind of laces between sort of silver I think it's like flowers or buttons do you know mm-hmm. what I mean where it crosses over but then there's also silver work on the back of the dress and there's a silver chain that links from the front bodice silver work that you hook it on there, and then it hooks to the back of the dress. How interesting. And Isn't has it got that? any purpose, that chain? Or? Decoration. Okay. 
Mm. Isn't that nice? Yeah. So you've got this big loop chain, mm. quite heavy loop chain, from the front bodice to the back bodice. And, wow. it, and so it goes from kind of under the bust at the front to up to your shoulders at the back. Mm. And it's just visually really interesting because it's it's kind of reconceiving the relationship between parts of your body, if you see what I mean. Because yeah. it's, you don't usually link those two bits. No. <laughs> so it's funny. And mm. it would swing as you walked. Yeah. Is it just women's dress? Or, or... No, they, there was maybe mostly women's but there's quite a lot of men's as well because they showed i think it was romanian this amazing kind of off-white three-piece suit that's got dark blue and red braid on all three pieces that was really really beautiful and they showed um they've got a wall of they've cut out not perspex, what's it called, like kind of flexi-plastic stuff that you display. Oh, many necks, yeah. Yeah, that, that they've cut it so that the waistcoats are just kind of coming out from the wall but held out as though they're being worn. Oh, yeah. So you can see inside as well and see the linings. So there's waistcoats, some of which are men's, and they're really fantastic. And that's another place where you really see how great it is to go by technique instead of by region because it's really interesting that you realize the similarities in the kind of positioning of decoration and the choice of colors so for example there's a lot of red that suddenly you would see it differently if it was done by region you know Mm. you you kind of make these connections um because of seeing them together and there's there were definitely some some sort of young boys clothes as well and really interesting, I'd never really thought about the different yarns you use for embroidery. I just, I know that's rather a stupid thing not to have <laughs> thought of, but I hadn't. So it was interesting to see wool embroidery and the and the kind of density of wool embroidery and the way there was a Slovakian outfit where you had different colour lace, which was again really interesting to see the, the places that that comes from. So there's, and it's like a kind of hot pink lace, wow. black lace, and then embroideries that, yeah, they're just, there's just such a sense of texture, because that was also really nice. I mean, obviously, none of us have seen exhibitions in real life for oh, months. Why, yeah. So it was just such a treat. And then I think we were all going mad with how how exciting it all looked to touch. Mm. I mean, I know you're not allowed to touch in museums anyway, but you got because because Sarah was holding her phone up, you really could see the textures brilliantly. And the the things are on display in the open. Uh, what do I mean? Like they're not in cases, you oh, know. Wow. Mm. So you can see them really close up. But yeah, that was something I I found really fascinating was the textures that. You know, everything from, I think it was a Danish, this beautiful velvet and ribbon bonnet that was sort of black with mauve and green flowers, you know, flowers and leaves. Even that one, there's just such a fascination with colour and texture combinations. And it's, it's that thing that, like, in fashion and in couture, everything would be stripped back, that you'd have this idea of taste and... You know, and it's mm. just so much freer because those aren't the considerations. The considerations are more to show the virtuosity 
of and the kind the of maker. exuberance yeah. of mm. the maker. Mm. And so it's it's just completely different criteria, I think, and, in terms of expression. And do they look at sort of influence on fashionable dress or? Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Coders. <laughs> getting very excited because it's his breakfast. It's is being made. <clears throat> yes. Yes. The final section. Well, the, it's kind of in the center of the second room. So in the second room, they look at key garments like the shirt. So they focus on blouses and shirts from all different types, you know, from 19th mm. century up and then different periods. So that's really interesting that you have the silhouette and the shape and then how it's been um, decorated. And then there's a s section that's got 20th century and contemporary fashion designers. And that's amazing. They've got the most beautiful, I think it was 1920s French dress, but embroidered as though it's a regional Oh. that was just so lovely, like a simple summer dress, but then it's got shearing, wide shearing at the waist with coloured embroidery, and then embroidery on the bodice that's really beautiful. And they've got an Yves Saint Laurent that they think is from the, the 1976 Ballet Russe collection. So, yeah, they've got Yves Saint Laurent, which is really great. So it's like, I think it's sort of very dark brown rather than black, but a kind of long tunic dress over a patterned skirt. And that's interesting because they also, she also showed us a Dutch, I can't remember which re region of the Netherlands it was from, but where there's the black overdress, but the underskirt is really bright stripes. Oh, wow. But you only get a flash of it at the bottom. Hmm. So it was interesting to see that. And there's a lovely Oscar de la Renta, which is particularly fascinating, I think, because the Oscar de la Renta, it's completely different colours than anything else in the show. It's its really kind of powdery, um, you know, Edwardian pastel kind of colours and very light fabrics. But then you can see the connection with the um, regional dress through the kind of blousiness of the top. And then it's got a braid brocade ribbon as a belt which is very much you know what you see mm. in the other ensembles and it, then it's got a peplum of lace which is again something you see in the other ensembles so it's really interesting how the elements of regional dress get translated into fashion and kind of what has to happen to them for them to oh, enter yeah. fashion mm. I think is fascinating and I was also really interested when Sarah was talking about the, the, the one I told you about, the, the one from the Netherlands, that, you know, the white lace bonnets that have, oh, I don't, yeah. is it gophering, <clears throat> goffering? You know, where they're yeah. completed, but it's sort of oh, fat, mm -hmm. tuby. Mm. Yeah. And then the wings, that that's become like a symbol of the Netherlands. And and we were talking about, you know, why, why do specific bits of regional dress kind of transcend the region and become a symbol of that country or that place yeah and you know we were wondering is it that they is it to do with tourism to do with you know products using that yeah in germany on their label? it was definitely to do with products like uh, dutch cheese there was always yes. you know the woman with a winged headdress on 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 yes. the packaging but it's also interesting, like in Germany, you know, you, people think Bavarian dress is the German 
dress you know and yes, that's just I guess, yeah. and it's just one region there are other places that have their own regional dress i guess in bavaria the thing is people still wear it well that was i wanted to ask you because she showed a lovely metalwork bonnet with little tiny metal sequins on from bavaria is it a regal halber and oh yeah he said that that persisted because it was worn with fashionable dress so the the rest of the clothes not worn or not worn so much but the hat the bonnet continued much longer oh that's interesting i, d- I don't mm. know about that but you know in 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 bavaria you can buy dandles and you can buy lederhosen and people wear them wow because they're very practical i guess uh, partly, I mean, that's not not the main reason. Definitely not. But you know, that's quite normal. Whereas where I come from, you never see anyone in regional dress. But there would have been regional dress. Yes, mm. it's so interesting. And and then she was also talking about like how there's not there isn't a continuous legacy for some reason, some regions. So like Norwegian dress, Norwegian regional dress wasn't worn and then it was revived yeah so a lot of what's worn now is actually from the 30s yeah and i think in norway it's quite interesting i had a student once who wrote about that but i think they have this sort of festival once a year when people wear um a sort of particular regional dress Mm. but i can't remember now how much that is you know the actual thing or something sort of new um, no, it's 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 so fascinating, and it was just such a luxury to get to see. You know, yes. I would obviously we would never see something that was in Kent State University Museum mm. usually, and it was such a treat. And Sarah Rogers, the director, used this phrase that I really loved about the idea of slow looking, and I think it really encouraged us to do that. And I think the actual design of the exhibition encouraged you to do that because. You know, you get the kind of initial, as I say, quite joyous celebratory feeling of the gallery because of this exuberance of colour and pattern and decoration. And then it really kind of sucks you in and you want to look at each element and try and work out the different techniques being used and then how they're used across different places. It's it's just such a wonderful evening. It was it was just so great what i've seen online which is not that much is also i it seems like the exhibition is very sim- simple you know in, yes and that i think that is so nice such a pleasure mm. such a pleasure that it's not trying to distract you from the clothes yeah. the clothes are everything and there's just like color walls occasionally to kind of break it up but yeah it's just completely about looking at the clothes in great detail and giving you space to do that Mm. which i think is really good because naming no names i have been to exhibitions where things are so clustered together you your brain can't really separate out yeah the different or the design is just overwhelming the design of the exhibition Mm. yeah no it's it's just completely about the focus which is a really lovely refreshing gorgeous thing well thank you for giving me a tour well you know we should thank sarah and sarah because yes yes it was wonderful it was wonderful so we can go off to a happy weekend now yes de-bobbling our sweaters and slow looking 
Okay, that sounds wonderful. Let's That's do perfect. that. Yeah. All right, I'll see you next week then. Bye. Bye.